So he's setting an example. They're social distancing. He's wearing a mask, and Tom Brady goes, <laughs> "You're just. <laughs> I'm gonna do a skit of this." <laughs> Like you're just I'm, no, I'm not doing the skit. I'm saying, well, don't, don't. Okay, yeah, you do the skit. Let's see how it no, works. I'm not doing the skit. I'm saying what happened, and then you do the skit. <laughs> just all right, Tom. I mean, this is all you play for, and you think about the obstacles that you had to overcome. Can you come a little closer? I can't hear anything out of that stupid mask. It looks stupid. Welcome to The Basketball Mood. This is a podcast about everything basketball. I'm Christian Urban with my brother Randy, and our third member of the team is Mike DiGiorgio. Hey, Mike, what do we want to talk about? All-Star game. All-Star game. Okay, so should should the All-Star game be on or not? I'm a hard yes on this one. A hard yes. A hard yes. Yeah. I tend to agree with you insofar as... Well, why? Let's just find out why. Like, why are you a hard yes on on the All-Star game? One, the whole season is predicated on the fact that they're living up to a TV contract. Part of that TV contract is the All-Star game. So the safest place for those guys is going to be getting tested three times a day. Whereas when they're not at the All-Star game, let's say they had the whole week off and they're allowed to travel to wherever they want in the United States, which is what the protocol is, okay? They're not being tested three times a day. So if you want to talk about safety, the safety is being there and testing three times a day. That's what the, that's the safest place for those guys. Now, if you want to talk about having fans in the stands and all that kind of stuff, well, Atlanta has fans in the stands. That's not up to them to decide what Atlanta does, right? The problem with what the NBA did was they originally said that the All-Star game was off and now have changed their mind, which I think has changed a lot of guys' minds on it because they thought they were getting a week off. So, the, so that part I can see. But if, if TNT comes to them and says, no, in our contract it says this game needs to be played so that we can broadcast it, then that game needs to be played because yeah. this whole season is about the TV money. Yeah, yeah. The NBA right? is a business. That, yeah, everyone's saying, "Oh, it's stupid. It's 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 unnecessary." The All Star Game is always unnecessary. Yeah. It is always yeah. unnecessary game, right? It's, like it's not like it's used for anything. It's used to showcase the best players in the league yeah. and to make money. So, what do you think? Do you think the sh- the game should be played? Yeah, I think the game should be played because as mu- as all those things that Mike said. Now, the detractors are saying, or the the people that are negative towards it are saying there's a chance of it being a super spreader event because you have the best players from each team and then going to their respective teams causing, you know, the far out implications that they could be infecting their team. And if you have everybody doing that, every team being representative, then you have a situation whereby one all-star on each team could infect yeah. enough people that no games are being played. Who are the who are those people that are saying that, that it could be a super spreader event? What kind of people are saying that? Because I, I imagine the NBA is going, is going to follow the highest protocols to ensure that no one right. gets the disease. So who are those? Mike, is, are they players or are, who, who's saying that they... Well, well yeah, because the, the, the messaging is mixed, right? The messaging is... The NBA is with abundance of caution, like they told KD the other night, even though he has antibodies and 
you know, he had tested negative and he continues to test negative. And then they go and say, okay, now we're going to go play an all-star game. So I can see that side of it. But the problem is you lose out on money. This money isn't just for the owners. The money is also for the players. Mm -hmm. So if you tell the players, okay, and, you know, all the all-stars are probably in a good enough situation where they can miss out on an extra million, right? If if that's what it, I don't know what the exact number is that they're making off the all-star game, but, you know, a guy who's only making 350k this year, he doesn't want to lose well, 75,000 of that 350k, right? Yeah, like like that the, just doesn't Yeah, the basketball related income gets divided amongst all the players raises the salary cap, you know. Our basketball that affects the people that don't make enough money or are, don't make the money that the higher priced players make. What is right. the arguments argument from the the basketball players perspective? Are they saying it's going to be super spreader event or are they just sort of like, ah oh, shit, I thought we we're going to have a week off. Is no, it exhaustion on their part or are they worried both. about it's both. It's both. both. Mike, I really don't think that they're worried about about it being a super spreader. I, I that's just my opinion. I'm not sure that well, I'm Bradley Beal Bradley Beal said when they when they asked him about the All-Star game, they he had said, "Well, you know there's a pandemic going on right now." So there there is some back and forth but I'm but I'm certain as he lines that, up to play the Chicago Bulls. Right. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, it's because they're getting mis- mixed messaging from the NBA regarding, you know, what the abundance of caution is, but also playing a game that doesn't need to be played. If they had come out from the beginning of the season and said, we're starting in December and we're having an All-Star game, the protocols surrounding those things are going to be ever-changing and, you know, we're kind yes. of going with how what the times are looking like. Mm-hmm. Then I think the, the, the messaging around this All-Star game would be different. It's because they said at the beginning that it would be canceled that people are now pushing back on it. Yeah, that's all. That's what I think. And they're pushing back because essentially they want a break. Yeah, correct. I think so. And and it's valid that some of the players like the Lakers and you know the Heat would want that break because they went all the way to the finals. But let's be clear: like twenty six out of the thirty teams were finished in September. The season started, you know, four months later. That's a pretty good break. And then, and then you know, there were teams that haven't even played since March, right? And then you get the fact that, like, I'm not I'm – I'm advocating generally for the well-being of the players. Everybody still has to work. The people that are going to the grocery store to work every day, the people that are working at the hospital still have to go to work every day. Of course. Right. I, so, I think where they're going to push back is the travel, the protocols where they can't leave – the hotel, right? Sure. So they're all going to Atlanta. They can't leave the hotel. Sure. But they're going to be flown in on a private plane either the night before or the day of, and they're going to be out that same day. Like that is not. Well, they have to have, they have to have like the, the all-star practice and they're going to have, sounds like they're still going to have the Saturday night. So, okay. there's so they fly in Saturday and they leave Sunday. Yeah. Then you can still go. And, do and apparently they're off. staying in hostels, right? <laughs> Like this is this drives me nuts no, because their level of luxury is still is still super high. Listen, never, let's be clear, Mike. It's a <laughs> difficult twenty four hours if you're used to a life of luxury. Of course, of course, that that's always the caveat. Yeah, I have no sympathy for this. Yeah. I actually have zero yeah. sympathy for because I really think that if there are players that are talking about, well, it's a uh, it's a pandemic. They're actually just covering up the fact that they don't want to say that they just want a break because they know that looks bad because they know how much money they're making. Yeah. Do you think that being tired and wanting a break is a valid point? No, but, but them changing their mind on you and, and, and just throwing it together kind of is in my opinion. Like, so like 
I'm under the impression that they should have just said yes from the beginning, that this should be on. This is part of the TV contract. All-Star Game is on. True. But now that they're changing their mind, I see the side of the players as well. Like, I see both sides. But in the end, the money money rules in this year. This is yeah. That's what it is. They're already going to lose billions of dollars. Like, they need to figure out a way to get as much money as possible out of the TV contracts so that the next few years aren't now screwed up in terms of salary cap and BRI and all those kind of things. I 100% agree with you. I would just say that in this climate, things are always changing, you know, so you have to understand that you can't take it personally. Oh, they didn't tell us before, you know, or they misled, like that, that those arguments don't apply in this environment where things are changing and people are adapting all the time. It, it, you know? it isn't a collectively bargained uh league they don't get to just tell them like it has to be bargained with the the nba players association right yeah, but so, like, it's they also can't just make part of their contract rules. right well, yeah if you're an all-star you like you don't have to play in the all-star game like, like you can you can politely decline i think yeah so which not a lot of people will so but, if is is chris paul or michelle roberts or the other representatives are they not because they were on board with it right and now it's the stars that are saying you know it's Giannis, it's lebron it's some of the other guys are like, oh, I don't want to but play. But Tobias Harris wants it because Tobias Harris has never been an all-star before. There I'm sure go. Mike Conley wants it. There you go. Because he's never been go. an all-star before. The people that don't want it have been there before. Yeah. I mean, that says it all. Well, no, that, but, that's, but that's how most things work, right? Like, yeah. those it's, guys have the biggest voice in the league, obviously. Kawhi and, and LeBron and Giannis and those guys, they have the biggest voice. But they can't speak to the same thing as Mike Conley and Tobias Harris because they've been there 18 times. Which makes their arguments know? that much more transparent, though. Yeah. Maybe. As Chris mentioned, I think that the NBA is going to be doing, you know, over going over and above the safety protocols and the testing and, and you know. Yeah, it's like, the safest place for them, for sure. Yeah. For sure, it's the safest place. They're probably having it so. to protect them from having that break, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where are these guys going during the break? And then they're on quarantine for four days before, you know, maybe. Anyway, let's move on. Do you think on. they're going to, sorry, one sec, Mike and Randy, do you think that they're going to keep a shortened season in the future if... Uh, if and when the pandemic sort of gets, I, I think they'll, try. they'll do whatever the TV they'll do whatever the TV stations say. To be honest, I actually like a seventy-two game season. You might think that ten games doesn't make a difference, but it does. It feels like the NBA season is just going by in a blink right now. It feels like, and I kind of like that. I like, I like that all of a sudden we're going to be at the halfway mark, and then all of a sudden we're going to be down the stretch. I, I think that may, that's exciting to me. What do you think, Mike? Nah, I'm a traditionalist. I like 82. I like I like the structure of 82 is is worth it to me. Um, you know, getting a home and home with the West teams and then playing your division four times and playing some of the the rest of the East three or four times. You know, with expansion coming, they're going to have to keep the the games higher because I don't think they can make 72 with two new teams. So, you know, there's a lot of things. And then the, the stats right get now. messed up, right? Like, how, yeah, how do you value, like, a, a full season? Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. The records. Like, that matters to guys. For yeah. sure that matters yeah, to guys, yeah, right? I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's a good point. What else did we want to talk about? Well, give me your most unusual all-star pick. Who's, who's, who's the guy that might make it that nobody's thinking about right now? Rodney McGruder. One in the East and one in the West. Uh, I'm going to go have lunch. <laughs> Um, you know what? I think Fred Van Vliet should make it. There you go. Okay, I think Fred, that's a good one. I think Fred Van Vliet should make it. I'm not sure that he's going to be picked. I think if they were going to pick one Raptor based on their record, they would say Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam. But Fred Van Vliet's been probably their 
most consistent player. Uh, you know, he hasn't been injured. He's there every night. He's had a few sh- uh, off shooting nights, but you know, he's averaging twenty points per game. He's their leading. He's the Raptors' leading scorer. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Fred, Fred's a do it all on both ends guy. Yeah. He's playing a lot of minutes. Like he's he's carrying the load right now too. Like yeah. you know, and and obviously other guys have stepped up lately for the Raptors. So they're, they're sort of a win by committee usually, but I think Fred has really done his job the whole season as opposed to, you know, in the last 10 games where they've had a decent record. Who's who's your East? I'll say Tobias Harris. Boring. I think, like, uh, Philly's good. I think Philly should get three guys. Like a guy is, like Is Ben Simmons having an all-star year? Yeah, no. yeah. He no, is. he's yeah. not. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't think that he is. Like, I think, I think Joel Embiid is carrying that team. If Joel Embiid does not play, that team is a is is fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I don't think so. I think they won the other night without him. Like, Tobias has been good. Tobias has has had his moments down the stretch of games. You know, Simmons on the defensive end. Simmons, you know, his points per game isn't too high, but his impact is is very high. The, this um, is. It reminds me of a little bit of Mike Conley. Like, is Mike Conley going to be an All Star in the West? I don't think Utah can get three. But I'd, I'd put Conley in over Gobert. I'll tell you that. Sure. I'll put Con- Conley sure, in but, over Gobert. But should somebody averaging 16 points per game make the All-Star game? Yeah, because points per game isn't, a, isn't the be-all. Well, and is Mike Conley your defensive stopper? He's pretty good. Uh, I don't he's know. He's a ball mover. Well, like he ha- his, he's he had better years than the- this, and he never made it. Why all of a sudden is it like, oh, Mike Conley's averaging 16 and 6. He should be an All-Star this year. That makes no sense. Look, yeah. Mike Conley is... You know, we we talk about my favorite NBA players to interview. He is probably number one. That guy was the nicest. He is nice to a fault. Just an unbelievable interview. Looks you in the eye, processes your questions, uh, approachable, the best guy. And he should have been an all-star for many, many years. And he just was in a tough conference. But I don't know that his season right now warrants, you know, the best in the West. Best plus minus in the league. Does that matter? That matters more to me than points per game because that means every time you play, you're a plus and, and you're, you're, you're impacting winning more than, you know, just points per game. Chris, points were, per game is very math to me. Chris, you were supposed to give me this type of information. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, while you guys were talking, I was wondering, I wonder if it's still too late for me to try and touch the rim. <laughs> what, which rim are you talking about? A 10-foot, you know, 10-foot rim. You know, I'm wondering if, like, if I do a certain amount of squats over a year, will I be able to still touch the rim? I think you could. Anyway, as you were. Okay, you're West guy. You're West guy. DeMar DeRozan. Ah, you took my guy. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. This was I, a, They're good. Yeah. Spurs are good. And, and he's, I love the way he, you know, I look at the box score, and he's got 38 assists. Seven rebounds. I just love how his game is turning into more of an all-around offensive game. He's become a way better playmaker, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll choose somebody different here. I'll choose. I want to see De'Aaron Fox. Oh, he's got to be there. You He'll think so? be there. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I feel like everyone is just always down on Sacramento, but this guy's actually, like, taking over games late. Mm-hmm. He shot 13 times in the fourth quarter last night, and they lost. You know, Shake Gilgis Alexander, does he have to be there? He has to be there. I he think. might have to be. Yeah. They're good. They're way better than people think. He's averaging 22 and 6. There's some undercover guys in the West that are going to supplant some of the bigger names that aren't playing so well, in my opinion. So we'll see how that how that shakes out. What are some of the bigger names that aren't playing well? Well, like Devin Booker shouldn't be an all-star this year. Oh, Should he? Interesting. Wow. His numbers are down. Not, They're still he, really good. I think he's playing poorly, though. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. No, I, mean, I just don't see it with him. Hey, how about those Pelicans, though, eh? Coming on, man. They're, They're starting to guard a little bit. Zion's been playing really well. 
won four straight. Is Zion playing better defense though generally or now or what? Yeah, the whole team is. The whole team is. Pelicans are, are on an upward swing here. Yeah, let's talk about what's, the Derek Rose trade. Well what's yeah, what is the uh what's the rumor? What's well, tra- he's traded? I know. Oh wait, he was traded already? Yeah, to the Knicks. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> I no idea. Well, you were imitating Tom no, Brady. I, no, I was working half an hour on, on uh, the skit. Okay, well, okay. okay. So here's the trade. Here's the trade. Derek yeah. Rose goes to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. and a second round pick. Okay. Or, or as I like to call it, a bag of chips. <laughs> a lot of good second rounders in the NBA. Uh, yeah, the Derek Rose trade, I have no clue what they're trying to do with that. With that. Like, come on, what are we doing? Well, so why is that Why is that bad? It's bad for the Knicks. Like, why? You have quickly. You have guys that you need to develop. You don't need Derrick Rose again, Tibbs. Like, you don't need Derrick Rose to play 30 minutes a night again to get you to the eighth spot. Like, but, you just don't. But listen, Dennis Smith Jr. has not panned out for the two teams that he's been playing for. And now that they have uh, quickly, they're like, okay, well, we definitely don't need him. Why don't we bring in somebody in that position, in that spot, to mentor quickly and, and, and show what it takes to get to that level? And then, you know, how much more credibility, not that Tom Thibodeau needs it from the players because it looks like he has them performing, but you bring in a guy like Derek Rose who's going to listen to Tom Thibodeau, who's going to do everything he says, he's going to support what he's saying, and then you're going to be like, okay, well, I... I I should do that too because Derrick Rose became an MVP under him. I could possibly do that. So right, I think then you're still playing a minute. Those are quickly minutes that you're playing him. Derrick Rose, I don't think needs to play more than 20 minutes a game. You think Tibbs is going to do that? That's what he played in his first game. It's not like he was coming over from like a, you know, from an injury situation. You have to ease him back into your rotation. Like I, I just don't see why like the Derrick Rose make them better. I think he makes them a tougher out and a more legitimate eight seed just because you have somebody off the bench that can score. And I think a lot of teams struggle when they go to their bench. Um, but I get what you're saying. Like, what's the point? You want your minds. Well, like why make the playoffs this year? Right. If you're the Knicks, right. is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. Well, Thibodeau doesn't work You've that gotta way. Look three years down the line. Don't you, don't you have to look three years down the line? I, I don't know. I think it's so tough t- to draft well and to tank and to get the players that that change your franchise that you might as well start winning you might as well start that winning culture and then you know it's still new york you're still going to get guys that want to play there they were eventually winning without him they were winning without well, they're, not, they're still under 500 like yeah they're winning but more they're than anybody thought yeah i know don't you think you need to start a, start winning and then and then be the team that that people want to go to again but that's fine if you say that okay fine who have they ever got? They have never gotten anybody in free agency. Nobody. That doesn't mean they can't ever. Like you're just saying that. Well, they need to play the guys that are good. Like quickly should be starting. Like Alfred Payton, like go away. We don't need you. You're never going to be a part of our plans <laughs> in the long term. Like quickly should be starting with RJ, with Mitchell Robinson, right? Randall, Randall's their best player so far. Yeah, I understand that. And then, you know, Burks or Bullock or one of those other guys. Off the bench, right? I think. I think you bring Bullock and Bull- Burks off the bench. That's that's what I would do. If and then who's the fifth starter then with RJ, quickly Robinson and Randall? Why don't you? It's not Chris's boy Austin Rivers. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> why don't you start Derrick Rose? Why don't you go? You know, you got two bigs. You got Julius Randall and 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 Mitchell Robinson, and then you go quickly Rose and RJ Barrett. 
What are the limitations of Derrick Rose right now as you guys see them? Age. Injury history. Can't quite shoot. Yeah, he's still three. His quickness is I mean, is he's going to help them with playmaking. He's going to help them with playmaking and scoring off the bench. That's not, that's not the issue. Is he that good of a playmaker, Mike? He, well, he, yeah. He'll make a play. I don't know that he'll set up. Like, he, a lot of times he makes a play for himself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was never really the passing no. type of guy yeah. in, a, in, a, in an NBA offense. He was the scorer, you know, and passed when he had to in, as the point guard. But there's just a lot of questions to me. Like, they're not a contender. They, they, they don't even have a chance to win a playoff series, in my opinion. So why are you playing veterans? Why are you signing Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose just because Tibbs likes them? That doesn't make sense to me. He did that in Minnesota, too. Yeah. It's we, like everywhere he goes, Derrick Rose and, and Taj Gibson follow him. <laughs> and play minutes. That's that's the thing. Like They're not just there like Udonis Haslam to like help with the younger guys. Like They're playing minutes. Taj Gibson going to get minutes again? No. Come on. I thought Taj, he retired. Taj Gibson's played in the last couple weeks. What? So Derrick Rose won the MVP at one point. Right? In the early 2000s? Yes. Yeah. And you look at him now. Glad you're up to speed now. Did he reinvent himself to the best of his ability or no? That's a good question. I would say yes. Like, yeah. I yeah, thought last I year with Detroit, he was excellent. I thought he, yeah, he was I, on the six man. He was in the six man conversation. He could have helped a lot of playoff teams last year. I don't think he's a playoff player for a contender. I think he's maybe a playoff player for, you know, a team that needs. Come on. 14 minutes okay. off the bench. But, but is is picking up where he sort of left off, relatively speaking, considered um, reinventing yourself? I mean, players can all of a sudden realize, okay, I'm going to really did. work on my court vision and passing. But it doesn't really seem to happen. He hasn't was, reinvented himself in that way because he no. hasn't become a better passer in no. my like from what I've seen. Like his value is still scoring on the court. His value isn't in the playmaking realm but i'm just talking about in a way um becoming a better all-round player yeah and that seems to not happen it seems like when they come in the league you know and say they you know win whatever award or whatever it doesn't really change it's just maybe the level goes out they get injuries but they don't ever really sort of broaden their game lots of guys do though like he hasn't because his game was predicated on on athleticism right like he was he was a superior athlete yeah yeah um with, with a lot of good skills. And then once you take away the athleticism, the skills are left, but yeah. the, the, the one thing that he had above everybody else is now diminished, and that hurts him long-term. Because look at DeMar DeMarose. Also, the game has changed since he was good. Like, sure. the game has changed now, right? Like, sure. more threes. Like, he, he doesn't really shoot the threes. So, like, his role now is, is less valuable than it was in 2011 when he won the MVP. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing this up is because DeMar DeRozan is sort of his contemporary. And DeMar DeRozan is passing now, you know, and he's making really good passes. And I guess it just comes down to whether you're willing to, or the ability to, to sort of change and, and open up another aspect of your game. DeMar could pass in Toronto, but I think going to San Antonio with their, the way their system runs and, and their emphasis on ball movement and everything has helped him for oh, sure. sure. He has less isolation, you know, like the ball moves better in that system than it did in Toronto. Sure. And he, and he, you know, he got humbled a little bit too. So he had to change his game in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Like, exactly. And he did that though. It's a testament to him being open to growing his game. Right. It's not just, the yeah, system. I agree. He, I agree. you know, he had to agree to do that. And I think that's, that's pretty, it's for me, it's just sad, sad when you 
become one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Like you could, like he could have been. I'm not sure that he'll he'll be considered that now, just because his peak was so short. You match his peak against any any of the greats, and it's right there. And it's sad that he only had you know a couple of seasons like that. That to me yeah. is. It's, I wasn't as high as him, high on him back then as maybe you are, but there was no doubting his athleticism combined with his skills. They were he was tough to guard, and those Chicago teams were tough. Um, he was electric, mostly on the defensive end, but they didn't score. They didn't score the ball at a high enough level to ever be a true true contender. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he yeah. was electrifying. Last topic, real quick: Carmelo Anthony becoming the twelfth all time score in the NBA in NBA history. It's about right for him, I think. That that's that's where he's he's gonna be somewhere around that, you know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve range. Yeah, he he might hit nine by the end of the season. Surprised by that? No, oh, he's he's a he's a very high level scorer for the rest like for his whole career he's been a crazy scorer, right? Now, you know, talk about reinventing a little bit. He's reinvented the game his game a little bit. So there was a time when People considered him the most dangerous scorer in the NBA, even oh, yeah. over LeBron. Oh, he was he was lethal. He was lethal in the mid range. There was no stopping him. He yeah, was he's so gonna good. he's gonna hit at least eight this year. He was so good. Oh my god, he was so good. Yeah. Is he a top okay, so he so he becomes the eighth best scorer ever. Is he a top ten player ever? No, not no. even close. Is he a top fifteen? No. no. Top twenty? I wouldn't. I don't even know if I put him in the top fifty. What? <laughs> yeah, that's a hot take. take. Yeah, that's my yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, because both, you have to play both ends first of all, right? Yeah. And and I don't think he ever he his emphasis was ever on defense. Yeah. He, he didn't necessarily make his teams better by playmaking for others. So he could he could fill it up. But like, did you ever trust his team to ever really contend? That one year that they contended, two thousand nine, lose to the Lakers in Western Conference Finals. Right, it was him and Chauncey. Chauncey was the leader, you know, and Carmelo's job was to score, so that helped him. So where do you put McGrady then? Probably similar to Melo. Like yeah. McGrady was more skilled than Melo, though I think yeah. overall. Mm, I don't know. McGrady averaged some big numbers, man. So he averaged Mello. some thirty plus. So did Melo. Points per game. So did Melo. Melo was. You think so? Melo was. Melo never averaged thirty, did he? I think he was pretty darn close. I think if you're the yeah. eighth best scorer of all time, you have to be in the fifth top fifty. I think you have to be. Is that is that longevity or no? Is that, I don't. It's, uh, it's, it's not. I don't. Rand, I don't know. Well, you can't I have it both that. ways. You can't have longevity for LeBron. Oh, it's so good, and then and then Melo's longevity. Well, it Maybe is. It is. I don't think Melo is impact on the game. LeBron's impact on the game, okay, is is extraordinary right now. Melo does not even come, he's not because even in that people, ca- category. Because people have forgotten how good he was and he didn't win a championship. It, well, that's a big deal. Yeah, that still makes him top 50 for sure. I mean, if you look at the most skilled players ever in the NBA, he's got to be there. But Rand, LeBron, LeBron was always generally playing both sides, yeah. defense and offense. Melo's, Melo's career high is in 28. 28, yeah. 28.7, yeah. 28.2. Yeah, if you look at his peak, you look at his peak, twenty-eight points per game. That's pretty darn good. Like Vince Carter never averaged twenty-eight points per game. Is is Carmelo that much better than Vince? It's a tough question. This is this is a topic for another day. We're gonna break down those guys that we grew up watching. I'm interested in that topic, but as soon as this podcast is done, I'm like, it's out of my head. <laughs> you like that, Mike? Yeah, I like it. Vince's yeah. career high is twenty-seven point six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. Very close to being wrong. <laughs> 
All right. What's next for you, Mike? What do you got the rest of the week? Not too sure, buddy. All right. I'm not sure anything changes. <laughs> All right. Give it to me, Chris. Let's just bring in Tom Brady, Super Bowl champion for the seventh time. And Tom, you're also Super Bowl MVP. Congratulations. As part of its $10 million commitment, Verizon is donating a $1 million. How about that? <laughs> this has been an Industry Valley Pictures production. 